Welcome to the podcast version of Robots in Depth, Episode 7, with Mel Torre, in cooperation with Vvolver. Robots in Depth is supported by Aptomica. Visit aptomica.com to connect. You will find all past episodes and more on robotsindepth.com. Welcome to Robots in Depth. Today I'm honored to have Mel Torre here for uh, ASI. We're going to talk about his ability to automate any vehicle, I would think, right? That's what you do. You, you take an existing vehicle and you make it automated, fully automated or partially automated, right? Yeah, I, I think it's more fun to make from scratch type platforms and we do that, but most of the demand has already vehicle uh, solutions in place. Mm. And so really it's, we've got a big mining truck, we've got a farm tractor, mm. we've got a factory robot, we just need it uh, automated to be mm. more capable and mm. less labor. You started this company from scratch. Could you tell me about the startup phase when you got into robotics and started the company? Yeah, about uh, 1997, 98, I wrote a paper on some of the robotics we were doing in the Department of Energy for the government uh, while I was at the university and in a robotics lab there and John Deere saw the paper. They engaged us and we started to do some safety analysis for robotic tractors and so we had a little mannequin with a, a three-year-old size uh, person on it come running at the tractor and we had to prove that it could be safe. Mm. And once we proved the safety, John Deere said, hey, let's go, go to production. And so we uh, ASI, myself, and some of the university professors and some students spun out the company, mm -hmm. started it up, and we started, uh, got some John Deere projects to begin mm -hmm. with, mm -hmm. and uh, won some government contracts, mm -hmm. and then diversified into mining and industrial cleaning and factory warehouse stuff. As industrial well. cleaning, could you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, we're trying to use our building blocks, our software platform across all of these vehicle-related industries, and so industrial cleaning is another one of those great applications. And so whether it's floor sweeping in the Home Depot, Walmarts, up mm -hmm. through the factory warehouses to parking lots, sweeping, that kind of thing. Are you operating mostly in the night time then when customers are not avail uh, present or? Uh, this just started mm -hmm. uh, a couple of months ago. So we're in the product development phase with an OEM that sells the, mm -hmm. the, the standard machines. Uh, again, you're, you're adding your technology to an already existing system because those are complicated enough on their own. Yeah, right? getting the cleaning technology right is definitely a huge challenge. And mm. so instead of trying to build up a, mm. a floor scrubber from scratch and try to compete with people who've been doing it for years, mm. we partner with them. So mm. depending on the industry, if there's already OEMs established that are very hard to compete against, mm. then we'll partner with them. They have mm. the distribution and safe uh, mm. service all in place. Yeah, you're not gonna build a better tractor right. than John Deere, yeah, right? Yeah, and try to compete with their 10,000 dealerships. Mm. So mm. there it makes more sense to partner, and then in other industries it makes sense more for us to mm. go out there and uh, introduce the product in the market. Or how did the the project come about? The demand heavily is on contractors. Mm. Um, the Walmarts of the world are typically not buying their own cleaner and mm. staffing that. They are getting a contractor to come in. Mm. And the contractors are the ones that are really pushing for this technology. The contractor sees that uh, they could provide a better service and a cheaper service to the, the, their, their customers. And Yeah, it's... Uh, definitely based on doing it better, mm. a consistent work. Mm. Uh, mm. I was surprised that uh, warranties on carpet and floor tiles mm. are based on, or they're impacted heavily on how often they're cleaned and you can void your warranty by not cleaning them effectively. Mm. And so there's definitely huge 
reasons for getting it done very thoroughly instead of just I see dirt there I go clean there mm. and getting it done much faster but not doing a thorough job mm. but also uh, the chamber the labor challenges mm. uh, low skilled labor and uh, and being able to expand so you can have one person more skilled educate mm. them and have them manage more robots mm. so maybe they're managing all of the Walmarts in Chicago mm. uh, versus one person per yeah, and Walmart. then they'll address the problems when the robot has an issue they can't solve themselves the person goes in and takes care of that so just like we all use tools it's just that now it's an automated floor cleaner tool rather than a hammer it's yeah. just a more advanced tool right yeah and there's other things they can do that the robots can't mm. whether it's cleaning the windows mm. cleaning the bathrooms mm. and then they can go and service that so they robot do both they manage the robot doing what the robot is good at and then they do the rest and then they move on to the next venue so again it's just a smarter smarter tool huh? yeah and they're getting far more use out of the equipment because mm. they're able to move from walmart to walmart mm and move much faster and more effectively. So, mm, mm, yeah. mm. so that's a very interesting project. Uh, you started off with doing the tractors. Uh, did you then go on to do more mm -hmm. agricultural automation? or um, The first year, we really pushed on the orchard vineyard tractors for doing spraying of dangerous chemicals. Mm -hmm. And we went and did a golf course mower for free in our overtime. So mm -hmm. we said, hey, Mr. John Deere, if you'll send us a golf course tomorrow, we think that's a great application. Mm. We'll automate it for you and demonstrate the capabilities. And mm. so, brilliant entrepreneur, mm. risk taker, mm. that usually loses money on those kinds of things. Mm. Uh, we worked overnight, uh, overtime, Saturdays, and got together a golf course mower, and then we were able to convince them of the, the practicality. Mm. And so then we got some projects that way. And then someone from mining saw us, a big mining company, and they mm. came to us, and then we started developing autonomous bulldozers and mining trucks. And, mm. and the safety and security there must have be just paramount. I mean, they're operating in a dangerous environment, and they're operating some very heavy machinery, very powerful machinery. So. Yeah, 420 tons. I mean, 420 tons. Run that's over a, a pickup truck or a, a house without feeling it. So it's Yeah, that, that's two, two blue whales. That's just yeah. imagine, unimaginably heavy. Yeah. So I guess having a good track record or that, that the, the partner trusts you to, to do a good job is the long-term relationship you have with, with both pre, uh, earlier customers and the new customers has to be just so important. Right? Yeah, that resume has been critical for us as a small business to be able to grow without investors. Mm. Uh, has been, you thrill those big customers, you're able to stay with John Deere for 11 years, you mm. must have done something right. Yeah. And so that resume is just critical for us to grow into those other markets. It's mm. been mm. very mm. critical. So, so you have a, I know, you, you, you call yourself a small business. I'm not sure everyone would agree you're pretty mm. big. But, but you, you see yourself as running this business this, uh, in a different way. Could you talk a bit about how you see running your business? Sure. I, I definitely got depressed after reading Steve Jobs' biography, mm -hmm. uh, that I just wasn't the jerk that I needed to be to take this company to the next level. Mm. And so I'm working on that. But uh, I think trying to do it where you're not forced to take an exit through investors, mm -hmm. that three to five year mm -hmm. kind of turn, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's an acquisition or going public. Mm. I want to grow a great company over the long haul because mm what else would I do? There's not much mm. more fun than driving a 400-ton remote-controlled toy. So. No, <laughs> that's, a, that's <laughs> a remote control car yeah. for you. So, you know, so I don't want to get out of the business. So mm. how do you do that? How do you stay uh, in control, take care of these people that bought into your story mm. and convince them to come? And so it's really been a bootstrapping approach with uh, 
large OEMs, mm -hmm. original equipment manufacturers, and large end users that have the money to help fund some of these early prototypes. Mm -hmm. And then we've built the software platform that allows us to quickly leverage the technology and adapt it to each of these markets and then putting people over each of those markets so it's like their own business unit that mm. my I am measured by how well I do in agriculture. Mm. So we call it a uh, diversified focus, but mm. each of those markets gets a team mm. that's focused and a leader that's focused on that market and knows that market. But still can benefit from, from being a part of the larger company yeah. with, with fundamental technology to, and developed in the company and also the skill and experience of everyone yes. throughout the company. Yeah, as, as we look at venture capitalists, they're the smartest in business, right, that have been through it and grown companies, and yet they still bet across 10 companies mm. because they know only 20% of those are going to hit. Mm. I have to have that diversity to survive mm. in these rough mm. times. Yeah, and because yet, you've been I, through the 2008 crisis. Yes, what can you tell us a that bit? was. Yeah, that was interesting. I don't want to talk about it, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was rough. Because um, for, for, for new <coughs> entrepreneurs out there, that this is very important. It's not always going to be up and up and up. There's going to be other days too. And for them to hear your story, I think it's very beneficial. Yeah. It was definitely a surprise. We had diversified across mining and agriculture and mm -hmm. construction and industrial cleaning, all of those. Mm -hmm. And they all pretty well crashed within three weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had way too much uh, work, too much money, and then within three weeks, we were in deep trouble. Mm. And the government work was really the only stuff that kept going. All the other industries, the mm. commodity prices dropped and ag dropped and the commodity prices and mining, I was out. And mm. it just, one by one, they fell and it was fast. So the diversity is definitely what kept us in business. Mm. Uh, mm. If we were in mining, as I was told to do, that I was an idiot for not throwing all my eggs in one basket and doing that one better, mm. uh, I wouldn't be here mm. today. So. Diversity was important mm. um, and being diversified across more than just commodities based mm. or, mm. yeah. So that was critical in surviving. I think running lean obviously mm. was critical. I wasn't paying myself $200,000 mm. and all of these other people mm. we were pushing for uh, really getting the products out the door and mm. being successful. And so mm. w we were fairly lean and that helped us overcome. Yeah. And that also allows you to build this long-term relationship with with, 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 with with different partners like John Deere because you survive with one crisis and there's hopefully there's going to be a number yeah. of years to the next crisis. And the, the world is really built by survivors because the other ones are not here anymore. Yeah. And, and, and when also your partners know that if there is rough times ahead, they're going to be there anyway, right? Yeah. We can trust them. That has to be a huge benefit when, when you're trying to uh, acquire new partners or, or do new products with your existing partners. Definitely, especially at mining, mm. where the I mean, mm. the swings are so heavy mm. that uh, plenty of businesses went out mm. in 2008. And so for them to see that diversity, mm. and the other exciting thing they see is, wow, you're bringing in this technology from ag and this technology from mining and this mm. technology from automotive. Mm. And so that that story, mm. that diversity, we're gonna be around a long time mm. and a great resume of customers mm. and we're bringing in technology from all those other industries mm. you don't have to pay for has mm. definitely been a business model that's worked. Mm. So, so I mean, you, you're, you've been in the robotics industry, you've been there doing the real hard work, your field robotics. Um, where, I mean, robotics is growing. Yeah, it's, it's exciting that people uh, are calling 
that wouldn't talk to me in 2009. Mm -hmm. The investors, it seems like robotics has jumped onto that top five things that's really going to take off. Mm -hmm. And so we've really had investor after investor calling and calling. Mm -hmm. and. And also new customers from new segments. Are, are, are you getting calls <laughs> from industries that you didn't do before? Oh, definitely. Mm. Yeah, right now we've got too much work mm. and we've got that challenge of hire, hire, hire. All my people want um, more mm. staff, mm. but you look at that next recession and you have to be careful. And so it's a mm. balance of hitting these opportunity mm. windows mm. and not having so much staff that the then the you, layoff is You're screwed when it comes to the next test, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. so very exciting time. We are mm. slammed, we are hiring 10 a month, and it, it's tough to find great people that mm. we can bring in, and so mm. it's a wonderful problem to have. Yeah, and yeah. And we're, we're excited to be on that part of the curve right now. Yeah, the robotics is growing, um, fantastic. Um, where do you think we're gonna see the new exciting applications that are gonna be visible to the general public i mean not to people in mining or, or do you i mean you have a very broad view of, of robotics you know about sensors and software and hardware what are the general public going to see uh, coming from robotics over the coming years i'm biased because i'm in more of the service industries so i think you're going to see street sweepers going past you without people and you're going to see the parking lots getting cleaned you're going to see the the tractors driving in the field as you go past and uh, double take and so i think that's going to be become very prevalent you're going to see the floors and the the mall being cleaned and you're going to be walking past robots on a regular basis that way i think in the public in my sphere that's what you're going to be seeing fairly quickly very interesting, very interesting. So, and this also will, of course, get people used to robotics. When they see the, the, the cleaning machine in the mall, when they see the tractor, they see that tasks can be automated and they will come back and request more automation because they're used to it. They're not uh, afraid of it anymore. Yeah, I think and Google has helped us a lot mm. that way because of the Google car, that press mm. of, wow, if they can do the car, then surely they could do my tractor application or my mining application, mm. and we get that feedback. We had a, mm. a mining company in the oil sands come mm. to us uh, last month and say, surely mm. my uncle's doing this on his farm or, or Google's doing this on, on TV, surely you can make my mining truck do this. Yeah, and, and so then you have to kind of <coughs> tune, it, tone it down. Yeah, it, it, there's it, definitely some unrealistic expectations yeah. of the press that what they're saying is possible, but mm. uh, I think both the press that they've put out there as well as the the legislation that they've been working on. Mm. Well, surely if they're legalizing driving cars on the highway, mm. surely we can get something on an orchard and mm. a vineyard that's Which already secluded and it's got fences around it and they're spraying dangerous chemicals and they already keep people away. Mm. Surely we can legalize that. Mm. And so uh, the Google car and the press that they've put behind mm. that has been wonderful for all our industries. Yeah, yeah. And I see many of these things coming together, like the, the, the public awareness, legal frameworks, safety regulations. We have a new ISO standard for safety when you cooperate with robots. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of these things coming together and we'll see amazing things coming out of robotics. And I am sure you're going to be the one to bring it to us. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm going to be talking to you in a few years time and we're going to be talking about how we see the cleaning robot outside here in the commercial venue where we are and it's mm -hmm. going to be a one of yours. That's the plan. Yes. Thank you very much for being hey, part of it and sharing your, 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 your views on this and it's very, very important to us. Thank, Thank you, you for having me.
I hope you liked this episode of the podcast version of Robots in Depth. This episode is produced together with Vvolver. Vvolver is a platform and community providing engineers informative content that help them innovate. It's how engineers stay cutting edge. Optomica is the founding sponsor for Robots in Depth. Optomica rents anything in modular robotics. Dream, rent, build. Visit optomica.com to connect. I'm your host, Per Sherboy. Until the next episode, thank you for listening.